You're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, the vast podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. How's it going? Did you hang all the mistletoe? Are your cookies in the oven and the sugar plums doing whatever sugar plums are supposed to be doing? We haven't started baking cookies yet, but um, the ingredients are all out, so we'll definitely get to that. My daughter's already asked, um, so are we doing cookies tonight? Or like, look, girl, did you clean up all your toys? How about that? Anyway, <laughs> she's ready, and I am too. Um, hope you've been doing well. This is Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve to you. Happy Christmas. I think that's what they say overseas, right? Um, at least in uh, Europe. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Anyway, um, glad to be back um, doing another podcast episode. I was sick this week. Um, if you follow me on social media, you probably uh, saw that I um, posted that. All of the 12 people that follow me on social media <laughs> saw that I posted that. And it was so so weird and also kind of like awful because I got sick the last day of school. So down here, we got out um, last, last Friday was our last day of school. Um, so we've been out for a week and I felt the illness coming on and I was having such a good day. You know, teachers and staff were always, you know, really ecstatic to just, to, you know, get a break. Everybody needs a break. And so we were ecstatic. You know, that was the last day and, you know, it was, you know, it was a pretty problem free day. Um, students were bringing me gifts, which is super, super cool. Um, I'm super thankful for everything that I get because nobody has to do anything nice for you. And it's so nice just to be thought of. And I, I love it too, because in middle school, the kids get a little bit more awkward, like, um, hi, Mrs. K. Tyler, and I have a gift for you. You know, like when you're little, it's okay. You know, it's not as awkward, I guess, to give your teacher a gift. Um, because my daughter was over the moon to give her teacher a gift, who I love, 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 love. Her kindergarten teacher is the best. Um, but anyway, I was getting gifts and you know, doing unboxing and you know, all that kind of fun stuff, and really thankful and cheery, and everybody's feeling pretty good, you know. Then you got to come to school for a couple of weeks. And I felt it like it, like in the middle of the day, I started feeling like weird. And I was like, what is going on? It was like something like in my chest, it was felt like coughing and I felt a little bit weak. And I was like, oh gosh, I hope this isn't COVID. Um, I'd had COVID, I think it's been a year um, or more since I got COVID before. Um, and down here though, what was running rampant was flu. Um, and I was like, I didn't think it was flu because I didn't feel hot. I didn't feel like I was running a fever or something like that. And I took some COVID tests. Those were negative. And I was trying to get an appointment online. I love telemedicine. I love being able to talk to a doctor online without having to, you know, get on, go to a doctor's office and all that other kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, the problem, of course, is this time of year, they are swamped. And so, like, I was waiting in a virtual um, waiting room for well over an hour trying to see a doctor. And I kept getting kicked out and bumped around to the next available doctor. And I finally did see someone. And I was just describing my symptoms. Um, and I told them, you know, I didn't have a temperature, um, hadn't taken any medicine at that point, but I, you know, described my symptoms and the doctor said it just sounded like I was developing some type of upper respiratory virus. And to make sure that I'd, um, you know, drink pl plenty of fluid, um, run the humidifiers to, you know, help with the development cough and, you know, take some medicines, cough medicine or whatever. Um, and if I did develop a fever, you know, take some Tylenol to kind of keep that, um, you know, um, keep the fever down. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if the fever did get worse, of course, um, and it was prolonged to go, you know, to a doctor's office or something like that. And so that was that was last Friday. And then that Saturday and Sunday, I was done. I, I did not get off the couch. I was like just wrapped up under the covers, taking medicine and sleep, 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 taking medicine, drinking lots of tea. I get that from my mom. When my brother and I were little. She would always give us tea, um, tea with honey and lemon. 
And then sometimes warm milk with honey too. But we that was definitely like the ginger ale and the black house, like that that uh, black tea with honey and lemon was like a cure-all. Um, but I drank um, lemon, what kind of tea did I drink? Lemon tea and lemon and peach tea. And it had a uh, turmeric and something else in it, um, ginger. And I know that those are supposed to be really, really good too for um, helping combat whatever illnesses and ailments. Um, and raw honey, that's the kind of honey I had. And um, uh, lemon, lemon juice and lemonade, I think is what I had in my teas too. And I kept drinking, as a matter of fact, I'm still drinking those. I mean, I'm pretty much recovered at this point. You could probably hear a little bit of something lingering in my voice. Some, something kind of gross and phlegmy is still down there trying to break up, um, but definitely feeling um, much, much better. So, you know, what a way to start winter break. We used to call it Christmas vacation, but, you know, holidays, I guess, winter break now. But it was definitely not the way that I planned on spending my winter break. But here I am, glad to be alive. Um, Y'all pray my strength in the Lord that I be one of the ones <laughs> the Lord is calling on, calling for or on. I don't know which one it is in these last and evil days. But anyway. Man, I was following a whole lot of stuff online. Um, I was one of the podcasters I follow said the same. She expressed my sentiments like some of this stuff that I follow online. God knows I have no, not a whole lot of interest in it. I wouldn't necessarily be following it if it weren't for the podcast. But I can't lie. Um, some of the stuff that I have been following, it's just been kind of hard to get away from. Um, one of the things that I did follow up on, wanted to follow up on was the trial of um, Aaron Dean. He was the officer that was charged with killing Tatiana uh, Jefferson in uh, Texas was that back in 2019. Uh, remember, we talked about her, I think, um, the case back um, in the last episode. Um, she was playing video games with her nephew overnight, you know, middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, had left the door open. A neighbor had called an emergency, a non-emergency um, number uh, so they could, so someone could do a, a wellness check because her doors were left open, but she had left them open because they had burned some food or something like that. Police showed up on the scene, didn't announce who they were, shot into the house blindly and killed a Tatiana Jefferson in front of her, I think, eight-year-old at the time, eight-year-old nephew. And um, Aaron Dean was arrested and charged. Um, he was found guilty, as a matter of fact, um, a couple of weeks ago of manslaughter and faces a sentence of up to 20 years in prison. So in this particular case, case surprisingly, justice has prevailed and police officer, a police officer who you know, was reckless, it appears, um, you know, was held responsible for his actions. So hopefully her family um, feels some sense of uh, relief, at least, you know, doesn't bring back their loved one, doesn't bring her back, um, doesn't get her, erase the trauma. Um, and it doesn't def necessarily right the wrongs in the entire system, but at least in this case, um, you know, uh, justice was achieved um, for uh, Tatiana um, Jefferson. Another case that I've, I've been following, I mean, almost of my, not of my own volition, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way. It's kind of hard to get away from. Um, there are alerts coming through and everything. Um, the trial of Daystar Shemuel Shua Peterson, um, known um, professionally as Tory uh, Lanes. I, I always thought his name was Tory Lanes. I, I thought he was like Hispanic. I didn't even know who he was when he first kind of, when his name first kind of like popped up on my radar. I'm I'm a little old. I say that all the time, and so hip hop is not necessarily my first, uh, my fave genre of music. Um, I know who some of these people are just because they're in the you know in the public stratosphere. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion is the um, artist, um, real name Megan Pete from um, she's from Houston, isn't she? I know she's from Texas, but she is the person that he was on trial for um, allegedly shooting. Um, that happened back in 2020. I mean, and that was all over the place. You, I, honestly, you, 
it's it was kind of hard to get away from this case and from the just everything, just everything that was, um, you know, that everything that it brought with it, um, the misogyny in hip hop, the misogyny in the black community, the misogynoir um, in the black community, the lack of respect and support for black women. Um, it just, it was just, it's a whole hot mess um, that it was, that it is, it was. Um, but anyway, he was found guilty. Um, was that just yesterday, I think? Um, found guilty of the three uh, charges that he was facing, including, um, you know, the unlawful use of, uh, or possession of a gun and, you know, shooting her in the foot um, um, when she went and he was, he would, like I said, he was found guilty and he stands to be sentenced or he could see up to, I think, 20 or 22 years um, in prison for um, his conviction. Like I said, the whole thing's been a hot mess um, initially. So if you know the story, you've been following along just probably unwillingly like I have, you know, a little bit of the story. Um, there was a party that they went to, I think Kylie Jenner's party back in um, July of 2020. Um, it was Tori, her friend, uh, somebody named Kelsey. I think it was like um, her assistant or something like that and her friend. And um, Megan, I should say, it was Megan, her friend Kelsey, and then Tori, I guess we're all at this party along with some other folks. And they, at some point they ended up leaving and an argument um, in, in the car and the vehicle that they were in broke out. And I guess it was revealed um, whatever they were arguing about each other's careers, who slept with who, um, and, and which is really beside the point, right, um, of, of why they were arguing. But at some point, Megan wanted to get out the car. And when she did, Tori, um, you know, yelled at her, dance, B, you know, use an expletive there. And uh, this is a, a family-friendly <laughs> podcast um actually perhaps not necessarily family friendly but you know we i just don't i don't want to click the the explicit language box so i don't so i don't use the explicit language even if i'm quoting um but anyway so he you know told her dance be and start shooting at her like what in the world um police came up on the scene um allegedly supposedly purportedly he told her um he meaning tori told megan that he was on probation um, and he offered to give her and Kelsey a million dollars if they say that, you know, he didn't shoot him. But anyway, he was still arrested. But Megan said that she wasn't shot, that she had, in fact, just stepped on some glass. Later on, about a month later, I should say, on social media, she revealed that, in fact, she had been shot and that Tori was the one that shot her. I think she even posted pictures of um, uh, you know, like x-rays of her feet or something like that, um, either before or after the surgery. Um, it came out in, in trial recently that she still has a bullet fragments, I guess, in both her feet and has lost, um, has some type of, has some type of nerve damage and has lost some feeling, um, in one foot, um, just a whole lot of mess came out during this trial. A lot of people, um, I don't want to say picking sides cause they had already picked sides. I mean, since this event occurred back in 2020 and since it became, you know, public knowledge, um, a lot of people have accused Megan of being a liar, um, of lying for cloud, um, saying that she was never shot um, because, of course, she you know said initially that she wasn't shot. But then when she admitted um, that she was in fact shot, um, she did an interview with Gail King, and I guess there were some inconsistencies. Uh oh, there were some inconsistencies between um, the statements that she gave Gail King and then what she later said um, at trial. Um, and a lot of it had to do with you know, whether or not she had had an intimate relationship with Tori, which, like I said, is beyond the point. It, it really doesn't matter what started the the argument or why he shot her. The fact of the matter remains that he shot her. 
Um, he was arrested for it. Um, he had gunshot residue um, on his hands. And um, so did the other chick, Kelsey, um, that came out in trial at trial too. And her testimony was a whole hot mess too, because she was trying to renege, I guess, on some of the statements that she had earlier given to police and tried to plead the fifth and conferred with her attorney. It was like some real life, you know, some real life law and order twists that occurred when she was on the stand. Um, I forgot the chick Kelsey's last name, um, Megan's assistant, but like the police, the district attorney rather had to read back her statement that she gave to them in an interview, like, girl, didn't you say such and such and such? And didn't you say that he texted you and said, you know, he apologized. Um, he was sorry for what happened or whatever. And um, like it, it was how we were having this, this, I was having a conversation about this with somebody last night. It was like, you know, all of this stuff that people, I guess these young people forget, um, even comments that they that he'd made on social media on Instagram. I guess somebody had said something about Kelsey being the one that shot Megan, and his response was like, "She didn't do it." Um, that got entered into evidence during the trial. Like, dude, what? Now, if you, I don't know. I guess it's, this is one of those classic. This is why you need to shut up when it comes to social media. Like, you know, that stuff will always come back to haunt you. I mean, even if it's taken out of context and all of the other kind of stuff that people claim, which I'm sure he claimed in this particular instance too. Um, I think, uh, the Kelsey character or Kelsey individual, she, um, texted somebody else to, um, 911, Megan got shot. Um, you know, I think she was texting, uh, Megan's bodyguard who wasn't in the vehicle with them. But anyway, it was just a whole, whole hot mess. Um, the entire thing has been, um, a lot of, um, uh, people with big platforms, you know, fake journalists, um, you know, uh, spreading misinformation. I mean, information would come out, of, out at the trial and then they were twisted and, you know, re repackaged it. And it wouldn't even be like even part of the truth, um, a couple of big time folk. Um, I'm thinking about Drake. He he was one of the last ones. A song that he put out maybe a little less than a month ago, in which some of his lyrics um, pointed to the fact that, um, well, pointed to what I guess that he thought that she wasn't killed, um, shot. Lord, I'm about to kill her off. I'm not trying to. Um, hold up. Where's this song? Um, when did this come out? Literally, I think last month in November. And um, part of the lyrics. Well, I mean, you know, it's explicit, so I can't say everything. Um, that he said, but the lines that he said, this be lie about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. Um, and so that's what people believe that Drake is um, was accusing Megan of lying about um, the incident that happened in July um, of 2020 when, um, uh, uh, you know, she was uh, shot by uh, Tory Lanez. Um, and so, like I said, Drake was one of the last ones, but um, I believe um, 50 Cent has something uh, negative to say about it. Um, who else? It was a couple of, and, and mainly guys, like, of course, there are a lot of women too, surprisingly, like, what is wrong with y'all? Why y'all capping for this little guy? Sorry, he is kind of short. Um, Tori, that is. But yeah, or is it caping? Capping is lying. Caping is when you're standing for someone, someone right? I'm trying to get the lingo right. I'm sorry. I should have um, consulted my hip hop advice. <laughs> My hip hop advisors. Um, but yeah, a lot of um, a couple of, you know, big time um, hip hop folk um, guys in particular 
you know, you know, accused her of lying, of, you know, blaming him for clout. And I didn't get that part of it. It's, you know, it's the same argument that people have made, you know, in the R. Kelly case and against the accusers of Bill Cosby, you know, these people are only in it for the money. But the person that got the most notoriety out of this was Tory. Like he didn't have as big of a reputation and wasn't put on um, until this incident where he shot um, Megan. And I can say where he shot because he was at least, you know, found guilty of that. Um, where he was found guilty of shooting her, but he wasn't that big of a star um, until that happened. And then, you know, a couple of other incidences um, involving him. I, she was at, she was performing at some concert and then somebody brought him out. Um, was this last summer, I think, the summer of 2021? And then I think a restraining order was issued against him where he had violated like terms of his parole um, or something like that um, because, you know, he was wasn't supposed to be like, I guess, in the same venue as she was, but he wasn't like the headline performer. I think he was like a guest act or whatever. Somebody, like I said, brought him out um, after she had performed. It was just, a, like I said, a, a mess. Um, a number of people online um, going back and forth about um, whether or not she lied. It's like, no, that's, it's actually pretty, you know, it's pretty verified and a confirmed fact that she was in fact shot, you know, why she said that um, she lied to, um, you know, she said she lied to protect him initially because he told her he was on parole. And, um, you know, the George Floyd um, protests had been rolling around um, the summer of 2020. And this is according to what she said. And that, you know, she felt some type of way about, you know, Black people's interactions with police. And so she was afraid of what might happen, you know, if, you know, she said that, you know, he had been the one to shoot her, you know, like maybe, I don't know, maybe she felt like she would have been, you know, harmed. And she definitely was um, emotionally, you know, psychologically, mentally, for sure. Um, she and her reputation, um, you know, people have just dogged her left and right. Um, this whole, you know, hashtag um, believe black women, support black women. Yeah, that where, where has that happened? Now, I'm talking about just within the black community. It, mm -mm, they, they, they have not supported this young woman, um, consumed her music for sure, but not supported her. And that's that I kind of find um, very hypocritical because I know a lot of people, unfortunately, well, not a lot, but I know a handful of people who are still big R. Kelly, you know, stands. I think I'm using it correctly now, right? Still big R. Kelly stands, still determined to um, support his music. Um, like, what has he done for the culture? Like, that's, that's the part I don't, well, amongst parts I don't get. Like, what's the point in support. It's not like he's this big, you know, philanthropic individual and, you know, what he has, you know, given to the quote culture, end quote, you know, just, we just, we just can't, you know, we can't live without it. Yes, you can. Cause in all of his music, he's been telling you who he was all along. You know, it's all about, you know, being sexually explicit with women underage. He's been saying that in, you know, most of his albums, like, give me a break, except for that gospel one, I think, you know, you save me, you know, and I believe I can fly. That's about it. Everybody saying that at their graduation. Um, but anyway, I digress. But yeah, you know, they still consume his music and still support him, but they've consumed her music and called her a liar and all kind of stuff. And for what? Like, who is, who is Tory? Like, who is he? It's, to what end? And like I said, he's the one that's, you know, gained the most clout from this. Her saying that he's the one that shot her, it actually benefited him, um, raised his status and all of the other kind of stuff and definitely been, you know, detrimental to her, her career, her mental health. I'm sure everybody in her circle. Um, I feel bad for her. Um, she's only 27 years old. Tori is 30. That's what I saw online. Um, I mean, so to me, you know, they're almost like kids, um, relatively very young. She's still got a, a long career ahead of her and hopefully a good... Um, 
support system. I remember she went back to college. She finished a degree. Um, she's lost both of her parents or her mom and grandma or something like that. So like no, you know, like um, um, maternal figure, I think, you know, like somebody related to her in her life to help walk her through, you know, these this really, really dark time. Um, but it says a whole lot about black folk and says a whole lot about um, the black hip hop, hip hop community for real. Um, I'm not a fan of Drake to begin with. I just, I, I, again, I'm too old. I don't, I don't, I don't know his music. I don't consume it. If I've posted it before, it's because of something, something was catchy. So if y'all, you know, go back and climb through my um, social media and say, oh, you posted something from Drake. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't know none, none of his music. He's just wishy-washy to me too. Like what's, what's wrong with him? And then the whole fact that he was hiding a child. <laughs> what was that a couple of years ago? His kid's pretty old right now though. Um, and the the way all of that came out, ugh, these these men and these hiding babies. Oh, I I did not put this down on my list of things to talk about in this episode. And the only reason I'm going to bring it up is because I just happened to turn this way. But good God. So P. Diddy, Puffy, Diddy, uh, Sean Combs. So he's got to be somewhere around my age because I remember when I was at Howard, um, he was he had blown up, of course, but I think he was still throwing parties in the D.C. area. So I was at Howard in the 90s, um, in the early 90s. And I'm pretty sure he was like, you know, like I said, he was still throwing parties. Or people, Somebody was still throwing parties in his name. You know, he was at Howard for a little while, for a hot, um, a hot second. But so anyway, I say that to say, how old is he? Diddy has got to be 50-ish, something like that. How old is Puffy? That's what they was calling him. Uh, back in the uh, back in the day, Puffy Combs. He didn't went through so many names, and now I think his name is Love. How old is this man? He's born in 1969, y'all. He is 53 years old. Yep, he went to Howard, um, like I said, for a hot minute, and he's got is it seven kids now, including this baby that he just had back in October. And it just came out. Well, he just um, revealed or, you know, published a statement, I guess, or on social media, you know, welcoming this new little baby um, into his life. But he's dating, uh, what's the chick's name? Carisha, I think is her real name. Um, and so it was just, that was a whole hot mess online too. Like I said, some things that I just would not even be uh, following, be, but I just, you know, it just depends on, I guess, who you follow online. And, uh, you know, the kind of things that just pop up. Her name is Young, well, her rapper name is Young Miami. Um, oh, I didn't know she had two kids herself. Um, and she's just 28 years old. Woof. But, I mean, now they have said that they're not, like, committed to each other, I guess. That they're just friends. But, you know, friends with benefits for, you know, an old school term, I guess. You know, but in the interim... Um, people were like, it was really stupid. People were like beating her up online, you know, like, look at your man, I suppose, you know, and all, and he got another baby. And I think his twin, the twin girls I just saw are 16. Um, the girls that he had with, um, what was the lady's name that passed away um, a few years ago? Kim, Kim Porter. Um, the, the youngest two kids that he had with Kim Porter, he had twins with her. They just turned 16. And so now he has a, what, three, two month old, something like that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of stupid that people were jumping on Carisha, like, look at your man, like, well, look at him, you know, and apparently, I, you know, like I said, she knew about it, at least that's what she says, that um, she knew that he'd had a baby and they're not, you know, exclusive with each other. 
but he, oh my God, he's a whole mess because in the interim, like in the last couple of weeks, I think I've seen um, people post uh, articles or pictures with him and two other women, not Carisha and not the baby mama, to somebody else's like, good grief, bro. Do you slow down? Wh what's the saying? Am I going to, I'm probably going to butcher this. I think he's Diddy or love, whatever his name is. He's for the streets. He is not a one woman man, not at all. He is definitely for the streets. And like I said, I did, I did not mean to talk about him because he was not on my list, but I happened to mention the situation with Drake. Oh my God, who am I <laughs> with this particular episode? Oh my God. Any old way, back to the uh, Daystar Peterson case, what was, I mean, amongst the pieces of information that was really bizarre was the reaction of his parents, I guess, at the verdict. His dad, whose name is Sunstar, um, he and the mom jumped up when the verdict was read and, you know, were yelling out some, I guess, I don't know, as a travesty of justice or whatever. And then they went outside and, you know, found some cameras, which were, you know, of course, some reporters and he gave some type of statement and she was kind of hollering and egging him on too on the side. And one of the statements that he made, and this is what, what got me, um, it was the worst, this is a quote, worst miscarriage of justice the world has ever seen. And I was like, mm, player, I don't think so. Not the world. You know, maybe the worst miscarriage of justice that you have experienced, um, but not the world. I mean, we, we, we can go back and, you know, just down the list you know, about what happened yesterday, you know, like, come on now, this ain't the worst miscarriage of justice that the world has ever seen. Like, I think that was just, that, that was a bridge way too far. Like, and I get it, that's your son. And, you know, you feel some type of way behind it. And, you know, he's, like I said, he could be locked up for um, about 20, 22 years or something like that. But don't, don't, don't put that on us. You know, we, we ain't, mm -mm, that we ain't, that ain't the worst that the world has ever seen. Like, get out of here with that, you know? Because mm -mm. again, well, I didn't even know who he was until, you know, it was like, oh, Megan, the Megan the Stallion got shot. What? So whoop there that is. Um, I'm going to wrap up the episode with um, by sharing. Um, it, this is a, a real hard right. Uh, some of the ep um, TV shows and movies and things that I've been watching because I was sick, you know, and laid out on the couch. Um, I got a lot of TV time in, you know, that's what they, they tell us uh, teachers to do, you know, uh, educational staff, they tell us to do, you know, make sure that you hang out in your pajamas and, you know, for at least three days and, you know, binge all the Netflix shows that you want to watch. And so I've I've had a chance, I've been sick for a while, so I had a chance to watch a couple of things. Um, I watched Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Did you see the first one? With um, Daniel Craig, he was the Bond, the last Bond, and then um, with uh, Captain America. You know, Black people, we don't remember people's real names. We just call them by the, the name of their famous character, the character that they made famous. So Captain America was in the first uh, Knives Out movie on Netflix. But there was a new one, just came out mm, yesterday, I think. Uh, Glass Onion, Knives Out. And then I watched the whole Wednesday series on Netflix. Not necessarily my genre. It's definitely spooky. It's not for kids. And it was weird because my daughter was saying that some of her classmates were talking about it. I was like, I hope they're not watching that because that is definitely, that would definitely give them um, nightmares. It's um, it's about the main character. Well, the, the daughter from the Adams family. Um, she ends up getting kicked out of, I guess, public school because she put piranhas. You've probably seen the clip for that. Put piranhas in the swimming pool with these boys who were uh, torturing her little brother. I think his name is Pugsley. And so she gets kicked out of public school and ends up at Nevermore Academy, which is the alma mater um, of her parents. It's like a boarding school and it's in the town of Jericho. And um, I forgot how many episodes it is, but um, she has visions. That's, I guess, her like magical power or whatever. And in these visions, like she's seeing one of her ancestors and she's trying to put two and two together because there's also this beast that seems to be terrorizing um, 
townies and also some of the students of Nevermore Academy. It's like lurking right on the grounds um, in this like wooded area outside of the school, in between the school and the town. It's an interesting series. And I ended up watching it because I like the mystery um, edge of it. And so she ends up solving the mystery. I won't give it all away. She ends up solving the mystery. And um, I I like it. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays her mom, Morticia. And um, the original Wednesday character, of course, all grown up, Christina Ricci is in the series. She's got a very important role there, too. Um, It's pretty cool. And I think the person who steals the show, and it's not even a whole person, is Thing. It's the disembodied hand. Um, every scene that the that Thing is in, like um, even though Thing doesn't have any lines because it's just just a hand, but I think it steals the scene, steals the show. Every, every scene that it's in, it steals the show. So it's pretty cool. So I watch that and I like it because it normally, like I said, isn't my genre. I like mysteries and I like spy dramas and all that other kind of stuff, which is why I liked um, The Glass Onion. Um, they had a really, really interesting cast. So in addition to um, Daniel Craig, um, Janelle Monae was in it. Um, who else was in it? So this is the second one. This is It had um, Daniel Craig, Kate Hudson. Um, I didn't know who Jessica Henwick was, but Ed Norton's in it. Catherine Hahn. Um, she was in um, the Marvel series, um, uh, Wanda, WandaVision. She was in WandaVision. Like I said, Janelle Monae and um, the singer, um, I like he has a really cool Christmas album. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, and then a whole bunch of like cameos. Um, Angela Lansbury, Hugh Grant, Yo Yo Ma. I was like, oh my god. Um, Stephen Sondheim, Serena Williams, um, the late. Um, uh, I, did I say Angela Lansbury? The late Angela Lansbury, and even um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And um, so, like I said, it's a murder mystery, and it's kind of interesting because I think it it's spoofing um, or taking aim at um, the Twitter Tesla um, uh, owner um, with the whole fake genius kind of background. Um, um, the Ed Norton character is like. Um, kind of like a spoof, if you will. It's not necessarily a spoof, but it they kind of like zing his, uh, his character kind of like zings Elon Musk. And it was so funny because the way that it came out, um, the Ed Norton character used this one word and I can't remember um, what it is, but when he used it like earlier in the movie, I. I got confused. I was like, what does that word mean? And I, if you're like me, do you pull out your phone when you're watching a movie? Oh my God, I do it all the time. And so I was going to look up this word and, you know, not that I'm the, you know, be all end all. I'm not a walking dictionary, but I was like, I got a pretty good grasp of the English language and I've never heard that word before. And then he used another word and I was like, I don't think that goes there either. And then come to find out, you know, that was one of the things that uh, in the big reveal towards the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, this guy's just an idiot. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about all. And then he goes back and highlights all these words that the guy's been, uh, the words that he made up. And I was like, ah, yeah. And that it did kind of, not that Elon Musk uses words inappropriately, but you know, people always ascribe to him this genius level, um, this genius status. And it's like, uh-uh, you know, if somebody starts off with, you know, a million dollars and turns it into, you know, two million dollars, does that really make them a genius? You know, it was that whole uh Kylie Jenner self-made millionaire kerfluffle that came up um a couple years ago when she was on the cover of whatever um, money magazine that was. It's like self-made millionaire, like uh, uh no, not not a self-made, you know, it's like saying Donald Trump is a self-made millionaire. Well, I mean, we've seen his taxes, so we know what the real deal is with that, but he's not self-made. He, you know, got money from his dad. But anyway, that's an interesting movie. The Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery. Uh, a Knives Out Mystery is really good. Wednesday's good. Like I said, that's a little bit, it's a little, it's a lot more dark 
Um, and then, of course, um, the other two that I've uh, watched the entire series of Three Pines, which stars Alfred Molina. You remember him. He was Doc Ock in um, one of the Spider-Man iterations. I forgot which one it was. But he was he plays um, a French Canadian inspector. And there's eight episodes. And so each of the duos of episodes um, deals with a murder. So um, there's eight episodes and four murder mysteries that he has to solve. And then there's this over, it's called Three Pines. Did I mention that? Three Pines. And then there's this overarching mystery of this missing um, Native Canadian um, young woman, which kind of ties everything together. And so some of the episodes, some of the murder mysteries that he's trying to um, solve aren't, they don't always click very well. And it does seem like, you know, there's some pieces that are missing and it's based on a, a book, you know, as a lot of these um, series are, it's based on a book. Um, and so some of them aren't all that riveting or, you know, interesting, but the, the penultimate one I thought was pretty cool was this, um, the who killed this new heiress. She had inherited a hotel and it seems like her whole family is a bunch of jerks and it, all of them have a, a motive, reason and opportunity to, um, uh, kill her. And so that one, that's the penultimate murder that, you know, spans two episodes. That one's pretty good. And like I said, there's this overarching um, mystery that uh, the inspector Gamache, I think is his name. He's French, so I'm probably messing that up, um, that he's trying to solve. And I, I thought it was interesting because it, you know, um, it, it involves um, Native Americans um, in Canada um, and um, women being concerned about one of their own missing. And then it turns out somebody else um, ends up missing too. So I, it kind of ties everything kind of nicely together. But the eighth episode, I think just came out yesterday and I watched it and I was like, <gasps> so I don't think a lot of, some of the um, reviewers are like, eh, it's kind of slow, but the way that the eighth episode um, ended, you know, they're going to have to give it a second season. And I agree. Um, there were parts of it that were a little bit slow. And it's, like I said, I know it's kind of hard to kind of squash everything, you know, from a book into a couple of episodes or into a movie or a series or whatever. And there's, somebody's always going to be kind of left hanging. And I admit too, some of the murder mysteries that he um, was trying to solve weren't all that interesting, but I did like the pacing of it, at least over two episodes, at least, you know, at least we were going to wrap it up. I didn't have to wait until, oh my God, episode eight, and we finally figure out who done it. Um, so, so you had, you know, kind of like a two for one. So you had the overarching murder mystery or disappearing uh, disappearance um, slash mystery. And then each of the individual um, murder mysteries that were handled over uh, two episodes. So I kind of like that. So at least, you know, I, I get a wrap up in the next episode, like, yay. And then I'm a huge Jack Ryan fan. Um, so I watched the last um, of the series. Um, it's the third season. So I think this is the last, they said this was the last one, which makes me kind of sad. Um, it's on um, Amazon Prime. As a matter of fact, I think um, Three Pines is also on Amazon Prime. But anyway, um, I've seen all of the Jack Ryan movies except for The Hunt for Red October. That one was with Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan. But I've seen um, Patriot Games. That's with Harrison Ford. I went through a phase where Harrison Ford was my favorite actor. Like I had to see everything he was in. But anyway, um, so I saw Patriot Games. I saw Clear and Present Danger. So The Hunt for Red October was about the nuclear submarine that they thought that the United States wasn't sure if the Russian um, captain was trying to defect with, or if he was actually trying to start World War III, nuclear war. And then there was a Patriot Games where the Irish, um, uh, the IRA, I think they were the bad guys, which was interesting because there was a, a time in Hollywood movies where it was like that, you know, those um, Irish outlaws were um, the bad guys in some of the movies. And then um, a Clear and Present Danger, um, it was Mexicans, a Mexican cartel. Um, that was who the bad guys were. And then there was like Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. That was with Chris Pine. And then there was um, the one with uh, 
uh, Ben Affleck and um, Morgan Freeman. He was in that one where it was some Russians again who had uh, stolen um, a nuclear weapon. Um, and I think it was a US nuclear weapon or something like that. And they uh, set the bomb to go off in um, a football game, I think, in the United States. And I can't think of the name of that one, but that one was really good too. Um, but yeah, so I've seen all of those Jack Ryan movies. That one was the sum of all fears um, with Ben Affleck and Morgan Freeman. But anyway, I've seen all the Jack Ryan movies. And so when the series came out on Prime, I was like, oh, okay. So I watched the first season and the bad guys were Middle Easterners, you know, shocking, you know, like Islamabad or, you know, some terrorist types, not, you know, surprising, but it was, I thought, I thought it was well written. And the way that they all start off, they kind of start off a little slow. You're not really sure who the bad guy is. And Jack Ryan ends up bopping around, um, uh, you know, the at least Europe or somewhere else. Um, and, you know, trying to pinpoint, cause he's an analyst to begin with. He's just an analyst and then it becomes an, a CIA operative. And that's what kind of happens in the movies too. Um, he's an analyst, but he comes, becomes an operative because, you know, he ends up, uh, ends up like at least in um, clear and present danger and Patriot games um, because he's like observing um, uh, he ends up uh, thwarting one um, assassination in um, clear and present. No, that's in, um, Patriot Games, and then in Clear and Present Danger, he sees one of his friends um, get killed uh, in, uh, in, I think that was in, that one was in Mexico, right? That one set in Mexico. So then he ends up becoming like an operative because he's trying to figure out, you know, who's responsible for the death of his friend. And so Clear and Present Danger mirrors the second season of Jack Ryan on Prime. So it's set in South America. There's a South American president who's trying to keep his job. Um, and so he's like, you know, trying to bend the election. And the woman that he's running against is actually um, the wife of one of uh, his dissenters, someone who um, spoke out against his government, who used to work in his government. And so he ended up, he ended up actually having him kidnapped and, um, and people like him kidnapped and they are, some of them are executed or they're never heard from again. And so um, the whole series, the whole second season, rather, of the Jack Ryan series is um, Jack Ryan trying to get to the bottom of who had his friend, who I think is a senator, who had him killed and how he can pin it on this um, South American president. And that that's my favorite um, of the of the three seasons. The second one was my favorite. So I watched the third one. Now, it's not that it's not good. And in this case, um, the Russians are, again, the bad guys. So I guess we've come back around. Um, but what I found a little bit problematic, um, for me is that I couldn't keep up with who the bad guy was and what their actual end game was. Like when I thought I knew what it was, it's like, Oh, wait, no, that's not the end game. Oh, wait, no, that's not the end game. And then there was, um, there's a series of flashbacks that occurred throughout that the season. And I almost needed a scorecard to keep up with who was who, you know, when they were younger, um, to figure out like, who's the. It's it just like it was a group of bad guys and I couldn't I couldn't really pin down like when I thought I knew who the head of the bad guy coalition was. Um, and then I think he got killed. But then it was some other bad guys who were still bad guy coalition, you know, I guess vice president. I don't know. And so it got a little bit confusing for me. And like um, like I said, the the end game, you know, what the mastermind plan was, the hee hee ha ha, you know, pulling on the evil mustache. That got to be a little bit convoluted for me also. But um, I guess in in their defense, it's going to make me watch it again. So, you know, it's a win for the writers and the developers and the producers and the actors or whatever of the series, everybody involved. It's a win for them because I'm going to go back and watch it again and make sure I got everybody, you know, in their proper places. And then also I do what I did also like about it, too, um, 
uh, I like that it was um, kind of an ode to um, the hunt for Red October. So, you know, there's this nuclear uh, submarine that's involved um, in this particular, uh, in the last uh, season of the series too. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Cool. I was like, oh, okay, I see how they, how they tied that in, kind of like how they tied the second season in with the Jack Ryan movie, Clear and Present Danger. So I thought that was pretty cool. So that's what I've been binging. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch Kindred yet. That's on Hulu. I think that's an eight episode series um, based on the Octavia Butler book of the same name. She's an African-American sci-fi writer way ahead of her time. Um, I've got a couple of her novels um, downstairs. And Kindred, it's got a real interesting premise. Um, it's been a little bit more modernized or set in the 2000s. Um, and a Black woman um, keeps having like I don't want to say they're dreams because she actually is in this like alternative universe where she wakes up and she's in slavery. She's in the antebellum South. And um, every time she ends up in the South, it seems that there's this little white boy who's like facing death or facing some type of dangerous situation. And so every time she's transported back in time, she's got to save him. And from what I've read, it turns out that she, this little, this little white boy is actually one of her ancestors. So she needs to save him to make sure that he lives so that she can, you know, be born in the future. But that also means that this boy is going to grow up. And, you know, if this is still the antebellum South, if this is pre-Civil War, then whoever her female ancestor is, it's not going to be through marriage that she ends up, you know, uh, you know, in the future, that, that ain't, that ain't how, you know what I'm trying to get at, right? So in, in other words, I'm, I'm suggesting that there's going to be some type of, you know, forced sexual violation of one of her ancestors by this little white boy when he grows up in order for her to exist in the future. And so I've read some interesting things and some comparisons to The Handmaid's Tale, I guess, because of this dystopian, you know, existence that the main character is exi um, um, experiencing. So I do want to get get around to watching that. And then on a much, much lighter note, I want to watch um, The Best Man final chapters that's already um, on Peacock. Um, and I just canceled my Peacock subscription. I was like, dang it. You know, I like this notion of the a la carte television, but it also is kind of costly too, because, you know, NBC is Peacock, but if you want to watch, you know, the entire series and you got to pay $5.99 a month. And ugh. I had Peacock because I love Law and Order, the original series, but I think I've watched them ad nauseum. So I've got my feel of them. I usually watch them like you know, when I've got nothing, nothing, nothing else to watch. I'm talking about the original, not SVU, because some of those are a little bit too dark for me. Like, you know, I can't keep watching, you know, sexually violated folk, you know, on TV. It's just a little bit too much. But anyway, I like the original um, series with Lenny um, and uh, the old Jack McCoy and all of the uh, uh, ADAs that he worked with. Um, Anyway, if I start naming names, I'll, I'll get too far off um, off my task here because you know what I'm going to do. I digress. But anyway, um, I, like I said, I just canceled my Peacock subscription, but I guess I got to get it back so I can watch um, The Best Man uh, final chapters. I've seen the both both movies. Um, I like Sonata Lathan. You got to watch everything. You know, like if you are a fan of hers, you got to watch everything that she's been in. Her and Tay Diggs. Um, well, she wasn't in, that was Omar Epps, I think that she was in Love and Basketball with. But Brown Sugar is one of my faves. I can quote a lot of lines from that. And of course, they're together. Well, or not. Are they together? Did they get, get married? And yeah, I think they did in the second movie they did. Um, the second Best Man movie. Um, that's one of those things that's on your black card. Like if you are a black person, you should have watched, you know, it's like about 50 movies and those are the best Best Man movies. You got to watch those if you're black. I mean, they're entertaining too if you're not black, but you know, there's some cultural references and things like that that you may or may not get if you're not black, but it's entertaining nevertheless. You know, and I always say this, you know, black people tend to know more about white culture than white people know about black culture, but you know, to 
any of my listeners who are white and you haven't seen those, they're really entertaining. They're fun movies. Um, you know, grown black folk, uh, well-to-do black people and, you know, grown black, grown folk problems and all of that and juicy tea and all that other kind of stuff too. Um, at least the first two movies, the uh, best man um, was, a, you know, about that. One of the main characters was about to get married, as a matter of fact. And um, he had written a book and in that book was some revealing information. And so whoop, there it is. Um, but anyway, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it. But anyway, I do want to um, get around to watching Kindred and the best man uh, final chapter. So if you've seen any, either of those, hit me up and let me know what you think. And if you've seen any of the other ones that I um, plugged in this episode, um, The Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery, Wednesday, the Jack Ryan series, um, third season, and Three Pines. If you've seen those and you got any thoughts that you want to share with me, feel free to hit me up online or in the comment section um, wherever you are catching this podcast. And that's it, friends. This is the end of this particular podcast episode. Um, I do plan on recording again next week. So I can get one more in before the end of 2022. The end of the year always creeps up on me. Like once no, um, November and December hit, it's like, dang it. And then we're here and it's over. Um, the year that is, it's almost over. But like I said, I do want to get one more um, podcast recorded, one more episode done, especially since I'm on vacation. And I am finally over whatever viral illness I was dealing with. Um, I do hope you and your family have a very lovely and Merry Christmas. I appreciate you being a listener and uh, whatever you do, stay classy, eat lots of cookies, and don't count calories. They don't count. These, those are Jesus's calories. It's for his birthday. <laughs> stay classy, eat cookies, don't count calories, and thanks for stopping by.